is there a dynamic within the sacred geometry of the moment that you were born that's saying something about your mission here on the earth? Okay, so that's what I was getting at is, is so the, the pattern that you're finding, which represents your time of birth, it's a snapshot of your birth picture. So that pattern actually gives you insight to what the person is here to do. Yes, it gives you insight to your mission. The pattern also can show you where your strengths are, what, what your gifts are, and where you might be doing some work. What your lifetimes of work is still bringing into the, this lifetime for you to finish up with. Good everyone, welcome to the Conscious Living Podcast. I'm your host, Troy Valencia. This podcast is dedicated to all you light warriors out there who make the choice each and every day to nurture our planet, to honor and respect your fellow brothers and sisters, and most importantly, to value, cherish, and truly love yourselves. Today's podcast is brought to you by Authentic Empowerment, reminding you that a conscious life is a treasure beyond value, and that true happiness starts with a simple choice. on the show this week is someone who I've had the absolute amazing pleasure of working with myself. She's a lady who absolutely blew my mind away and I asked her to be a guest on the show and I'm so thankful for having her. Um, Eve Illy, she's a spiritually based astrologer and I would love for her to be here on the show and just share a little bit about her experience, her journey with all of you today. So Eve, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here, Troy. <laughs> yeah, how are you doing today so far? I know it's hot out here. It's good. It's a good day. It's a powerful day. Yeah. A lot of uh, strong astrology uh, going through the month of August. Yeah, I'm actually excited to get into that with you because I know uh, I, I was listening to your talk on the Lionsgate last week. I believe it was a week ago yesterday, right? Yes, it was August 8th. Yeah, yeah there was uh, some crazy stuff that we can get into that I'd love to share with you about that day. So. Uh, so before we get started, I just would love to ask um, a little bit about you, about where you're from, if you could just share with us, you know, a little bit about your history. Well, I'm actually the daughter of a diplomat. And so I grew up overseas. I was born in southern France. Didn't stay there long enough to learn anything, though I was a, a baby when we moved. So I've spent time in Chile. I spent many years in Mexico. Washington, D.C. I've spent many years in Switzerland. I've traveled a lot around the world. Okay. And it's a very interesting story how I fell into this. I was actually working overseas for the uh, U.S. government in Geneva, Switzerland. And a new person came into work at the trade representative's office, which is where I worked. And she was into astrology. And I just felt something when she said something about that. And I thought, you know what? That sounds really interesting. And so she shared some things with me and books. And, you know, Geneva is a beautiful cosmopolitan city. And I, they have many bookstores with a large range of books. And so that's when I began collecting crystals. So crystals, astrology, and medicine cards 
were my first big jump onto the spiritual metaphysical pathway. Okay. And I can tell you that of everything I've tried, crystals are what really changed my life above and beyond all else. Mm. It's a subtle day by day shift. I'd carry them in my pockets. I'd clean them. And I started meditation and I was studying astrology, doing self-reading. And I was also working with the Native American medicine animals. And that's how my journey began. And overseas, yes? That seems like a a head-first dive into the pool right there. It was very unexpected, but I've always been highly intuitive. I've always followed my gut feelings. And I learned even as a young child and teenager that when I had a feeling and I allowed my logic to supersede it, I would instantly see what that meant. So I know, oh, you should have listened to your gut feeling. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, because there's a lot of people who I think struggle with that, right? You have this, this intuition, but then your, your critical mind or whatever you want to call it comes into play. Um, What's your definition of the intuitive mind or the intuitive channel that you're accessing? I'm just curious what you, what you would call that or how you describe that. Well, the physical mind is mostly connected with our, I'm sorry, the mental mind is mostly connected with our physical body and it, it gives signals back and forth to the body. Our intuitive body, I call it a body, is connected to our emotional spiritual Therefore, it has direct access to our higher channels. And I just maybe happen to be one of those people where when I get the gut feeling and then the gut feeling always precedes the mind's intervention. Mm -hmm. And I was taught, because I've been with spiritual teachers my whole life, that before your mind can have a thought, that first feeling you have is usually the correct one. And that's how you know the difference. Man, that's, that's so well said because I've, you know, obviously I've read about that, but no one's explained it like that. That's so And you, you can test it. I, I decided to ask my guides and my higher self, okay, I'm getting this intuitive hit, but my mind is telling me a different story give me signs so that I know which one to follow. But the, the intuitive or even the gut, because sometimes intuition and instinct are not the same thing. An instinct is something that our body does for self-preservation and survival. So we will, for example, have an instinct to not go down that alleyway because something's saying danger. Yeah. Now that's an instinct. Do you see the difference? Yeah. Where an intuition is more like a very subtle, gentle thought that drops into the mind or feeling that usually comes around the heart space or I get it around the back of my heart that's trying to show me something. And all I need to do is pay attention. Uh, I see now because in our session, I remember you asked me, um, I said, I didn't know to a question you asked me. You asked me to stop and almost like just close my eyes and you asked me where I felt it. And I said, I felt it as like a showering over me. 
Yes, that's your intuitive body. Because remember, the intuitive body is ultimately connected to our high heart. And a lot of people don't realize right now that there, there's been this ascension of our actual heart space where we've been moving it from where it is across the chest up. So the high heart sits like right where our collarbone is, okay. just like our higher mind is more our crown chakra. So we have the lower mind and the higher mind and the same with the heart space. Interesting. And when, we're, when we are connecting and listening from our heart, it sends a signal up to our high mind and then we get the message. Uh, the best way I can describe it is look at your central channel, which is your chakra column okay. as a super highway or supercomputer with the biggest highway in that computer being that central channel. Okay. And if it's open and unobstructed, signals can go by very quickly at the speed of light. And that's the intuitive response you're talking about coming. Yes, and the more you work with it, the bigger the superhighway becomes. Hmm. Next thing you know, and you're in Los Angeles. <laughs> 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 left San Diego <laughs> right there now so 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 you say you know you grew up you met this lady and um, obviously it put you on this path and so I just am I just understanding you've just been opening up this highway ever since more and more I have and back then I started meditating it was just something that came to me naturally and it was mainly because somewhere around three to five in the afternoon especially I felt tired. And that's when they were talking about, you know, in those days in the 90s, they were talking about meditation and how people meditated. And so I decided, you know, between that hour, if I can get like a break at work, there was this back room I'd go in and sit and I'd meditate, close my eyes for 15 to 20 minutes. Wow. And I would instantly be rejuvenated and I'd go right back to work. And so then how did that keep fueling? That just kept fueling? It kept fueling it where I didn't like to go a day without it. And then it allowed me also, because I was working with crystals as well, and I found that having those in my environment and putting them on my person allowed me to open up my intuition even more. I see. And my dream world started expanding as well while I was sleeping. I mean, I've always been a bit of a dreamer, Troy, but once I, I dived really much deeper into my spiritual pathway or my metaphysical pathway, my dream world became almost more real than this world. Yeah. So much so that I was having an issue with the 3D. So you were, you were enjoying that, that, that state of being. I was, and it, it, was, it would take me a moment to be like, okay, okay, I'm back in the 3D. And it was somewhat uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, you know, Eckhart Tolle actually talks about that in a lot of his spiritual teaching. He said there was years of his life where he talks a lot about um, the act of being and doing, right? There's these two um, dimensions that we exist in. And he said he was so caught up in the place of just being that he lost interest in 
a lot of stuff and it actually ended up being the teaching of being that he ended up doing, <laughs> which is very, you know, it sounds funny, but it is, it's, it's true. And I think it happens to a lot of people with, with the gifts you have. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. And so, okay. And so then, so you grow, you grew on this path and this journey and this journey. And then how'd you decide to start basically helping others? Well, I was always helping others. So when I worked for the government and my friend introduced me to all this, I dived into it at, at during the weekends and at night and read the books and practiced with the cards. And Eve being Eve, I brought him to the office. Nice. <laughs> and you have to realize I worked in the U.S. Trade Representative's office. So you have to have a security clearance of secret or above to work there. And, you know, you have to clock in and the military, the Marine guards are there watching you, bringing you in. And I would do cards around my breaks or lunchtime. And before I knew it, everyone in the office wanted to come in and pick a card. Yeah. And I'd give them a little mini reading. That's so awesome. And um, the Marines would come up and they wanted to know something. It was, it was awesome. So I was this woman running through the mission because the Geneva is not a capital. So we had a mission, not an embassy, but it was huge. And they called me the psychic lightning rod to mere mortals on earth. Wow. That is a heck. I should have introduced you like that today. That would have been the real for you right there. Uh, very interesting. Of course, at the time I didn't see myself that way. I, I was, I've always been somewhat humble and have not always liked a lot of visibility. I've been a little shy of the stage, but you know what? I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it helps people connect with you. I, I know that when I had my first session with you, I was very intimidated because um, what I heard from everyone was like, yeah, she has all these gifts. I'm like, shit, man, this lady's like, I'm thinking I'm going to walk into this, some warlocks place, right? Or something going on is crazy. But then you're just this, this really sweet, calm, and yeah, kind of shy lady. And it, it reminds you that you're still dealing with the human being. You know, it's just a human being who has a capacity to help you heal and find your way. Yeah. So I've always took on the humbleness as, as a gift, not, not a detriment. Now, there is a difference, though, and I have to be a little careful when I use that word. And I've been literally telling people in the last couple of years, because so much of the spiritual world has been giving us information and ways of being that were good in the time that they were given. But remember, everything we outgrow. And so the best system of all is the system that follows us outgrowing it. So it can blossom. The spiritual world is something that ultimately should have no cap yeah. on it. It should continue to be unlimited. And the more we grow, the more that we can see in the multi-dimensional multi multiverse. Because that's what we live in. You, uh, yeah, you just remind me of the Celestine prophecy. When they talk about, um, I forgot which one of the... Um, which one it was, but there was one where they're talking about how these ages change, right? We had this, this in the medieval period where it was priests and so on who were guiding us and telling us what God was saying. And now we're at this place where we understand Einstein's principles where we know that manner, matter isn't solid. 
that is it's built off energy and so now you there's this evolution of thought and of understanding of consciousness and it changes back in the day there was that's all they knew so that was what they had and now we have we know this much more so this is what we had and it keeps going and going and going question is where yes. does it end up that's true and remember it's all about the journey not the not the destination yeah. And that's what we get caught up in as a human species, right? We, fit, we put out there a goal or a destination and we get so fixated on it, we forget about the journey. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, it's interesting you brought up Einstein. He's one of my um, mentors. I love Einstein. Socrates was the, my first mentor when I was going through college and I studied writing and journalism and communication and the entire Greco-Roman mythological world and some science too. Um, Socrates was the person I really looked up to. And then also Einstein. And Einstein is a genius because he caught on to something that most people don't, that everything ultimately comes from energy, mm-hmm. yet it's connected to energy. Energy creates matter. When matter then shifts, it then can go back into energy. Yeah. That brings down and breaks down the last big threshold, I think, is human beings in the spiritual and religious worlds that we are breaking through. And both the spiritual and religious, they want us to develop mind over matter, our spiritual body, our mental body, our emotional body, and let's leave the physical body behind as if it was a piece of clothing we put on. Yeah. Yet that's actually, actually not true. Because our soul, our beingness created matter. So our physical body is just as divine intelligence as every other one of our bodies is. Mm-hmm. And so, Troy, when we embody and understand that and work with the physical body at that level, that, I believe, is when we create the superhuman. That's so beautifully said. It, uh, you know, I studied biology and chemistry in undergrad. Um, and so speaking just in terms of biochemistry perspectives, the, the way the body works and the functions of it is absolutely mind-blowing, incredible when you dive into the depths of the chemistry of it. It is beyond that's why people don't even study it because it's there's it's so deep in the amount of information that amount of transactions that are occurring between us and the outside environment and internally it's just it's wild and you're right it is it is a divine being i've never thought of it like that though Mm -hmm. and so that's where that's the cutting field that i'm working on so when you ask me you know what does astrology mean for example or what kind of a tool is it why did i study it the first two great mysteries that were developed on this plane as far back as we have any kind of written record. And they were probably here on the earth before, ever, before any written record, record was ever developed. Okay, because I believe there's civilizations on the earth that were here in a bygone era that we do not even know about, that we're much more highly technologically involved than we are today. And if you do look at ancient Hindu um, Sanskrit, there's a mention of a time 
maybe thousands and thousands, what, 50,000 years ago or something, where the earth was actually in a higher dimension and that we dropped down. That's so crazy to even think about. Uh-huh. So when you ask, what does astrology do? And numerology, those were the first two mysteries. And, the, and both of them actually go together because numerology is the study of numbers. And numbers is the universal language. Yeah, yeah. It's the one thing, the one language we know if we were to meet a species that was not human from another galaxy, we would probably be able to communicate through numbers. I mean, I, I can, this is not the same by any means, but I can tell you, I, my first trip down to South America working as a chemist for British Petroleum, I didn't speak Portuguese at all. And we communicated completely through math and analytical chemistry. So I absolutely understand exactly what you're saying. I couldn't understand a word they said, the jokes they made, but when we came to the numbers and the work, we were, we were spot on with each other. It was like we were, we were speaking the same language because we were. Yeah, so numbers is the universal tool. And oftentimes in the ancient days when they actually did have mystery schools on the earth, children would be sent at age five to start. And the first thing they would learn is numerology. And then they would learn astrology because astrology is based on the 360 degree circle. It's based on pi. So we're back to Einstein, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, that's the man right there. So if, if when, when so like I know most people, right? We know of I know myself personally. I can only speak for myself. I don't speak for everybody. But when I thought of astrology, I thought of I'll go on this website and I would look at my horoscope for the month. Um, and what you're doing is so much, so much deeper than that. And obviously, I think with you, I provided my name, my date of birth, the location, and the time. And then, so what exactly are you doing with the, uh, the natal chart and all of that when you do uh, work with someone? Well, what I do is I have a very um, expensive program, Solar Fire. It's an amazing program. And I put in the data. When I did first learn astrology, and here's an aside just so people are aware of this, I had to go back to college essentially for three years to get certified. That's wild. Yeah, and there's many colleges now that offer that. I had to go to a private one through NCGR, the Nat National Geocosmic Institute. Okay. And people can go in and research that. But if you really are interested in astrology, it's a science and you have to learn it. And one of the things we have to learn in the beginning is how to calculate a chart ourselves without putting it into a program so we're working with math right off the bat astrology is based on math okay so when you give me your information what i'm looking at is the chart that is cast and it's cast in the form of a wheel which is a representation of many different things a wheel is for example native american the Native Americans saw the wheel of life, that we had the physical road that went from south to north and the spiritual road that went from west to east. So that's very Native American medicine right there. Mm -hmm. 
And then the wheel is an example of wholeness. Think about that. Yeah. Right? It's, it's whole. And then the last aspect, which is how astrology is truly based on, is the wheel is an actual representation of the earth. Because remember, we are earth-centric, which means we were born on the earth and we are looking out into our solar system with the sun and all of the planets in our solar system that appear to go in an orbit through 12 constellations every single year. Yeah. And those 12 constellations are what we call the backdrop. And that's how this was developed thousands of years ago by the natives. And so this is how, you, how I explain it. Your birth chart is that moment of birth based on your latitude and longitude. If someone was to walk outside the hospital you were born in or the house and have their telescope pointed out to the, the, the sky, whether it was morning, afternoon, or night, and they wanted to take a picture of where all the planets and the sun were positioned, including the moon, that's your birth chart. Okay. And, and, and how, does that, how does that play a role? How do the planetary alignments at your point of birth play a role in... Uh, the person themselves, right? Because like we can go and say, oh, I'm a Cancer, I'm a Scorpio, etc. But obviously, there's a deeper dive into that. So how does that affect, how does that play a role in people? Well, what it means is in that moment, a snapshot of your birth time was taken, and it's showing you the ultimate dance of where the sun, the moon, and all the planets were in alignment with the Earth and with each other. And you and then. And then and you can make what we call the entire chart is based on sacred geometry. Okay. So when I cast a chart, for example, I can show you, but I don't want to give you the person's name. So let me just see if I can do this. Yeah. When I, when I, yeah. Yeah. See it. So in the middle of that chart, you can see all of these lines. They're red, they're blue, and they're green. Mm -hmm. What it's showing you is how each of the planets and the two luminaries, which would be the moon and the sun, are related to one another. Okay. Are they at a 60-degree angle, a 90, a 180, a 150? There's sacred geometry that happens in there, and that is why astrology and numerology and numbers work so well together. So there's a pattern is what we're looking for. So when someone comes to see me, I'm looking for the patterns. Is there a dynamic within the sacred geometry of the moment that you were born that's saying something about your mission here on the earth? Okay, so that's what I was getting at is, is so the, the pattern that you're finding which represents your time of birth. It's a snapshot of your birth picture. So that pattern actually gives you insight to what the person is here to do. Yes, it gives you insight to your mission. The pattern also can show you where your strengths are, what, what your gifts are, and where you might be doing some work. What your lifetimes of work is still bringing into the, this lifetime for you to finish up with. Wow. So yeah, you can look at the chart through many different lenses. 
the lens of your personality. Um, for example, the rising sign, which or ascendant is your moment of birth based on latitude and longitude. So let's say a baby's born at 8 a.m. in the U.S., another one's born at 8 a.m. in Russia, another one's born at 8 a.m. in Africa. They are not going to have the same rising sign because they were born in different latitudes. I see. The rising sign will maybe be one or two signs different, but it's not going to be radically different. But it's enough to show you the unique pattern of where you're actually born does matter. And the time of birth matters because every two hours, there's a new constellation rising. I see. Yeah. So we could do a day chart. If someone doesn't know their time of birth, yes, we're, I can gather a lot of information from just the day chart and the place of birth. But the time of birth allows us to really narrow it down. Okay. So if someone wants to come see you and they don't have that specific piece, of, you can still get them tons of information. Yes, I can. Because I have other tools. One is my intuition. I, the reason I finally decided to go and get certified in astrology, even though I'd been studying it for a number of years prior and doing free little mini consultations with friends, was that I had this dream where I was standing on the shoreline and there was no one on the beach. Everyone in the town was told to not go to the beach because something was happening and people were disappearing. And I'm like, but something was calling me to the beach. It's like the, a beach in New England. And I'm there, standing there, and this big killer whale okay. pops out of the ocean and right onto the sand and telepathically tells me, jump on me. I need to take you somewhere. And it was like nothing in me could refuse the call. And I jump on the whale and it dives back into the ocean. It says, hold on, I'm gonna take you where you need to go. And just know that you can breathe underwater. This, I'll, not, I'll never forget this dream. So the whale goes under very gently and I'm breathing, I'm like struggling for a moment and then I realize I can breathe like Aquaman. Yeah. And the whale takes me down and down and down. And there's this beautiful city of light at the bottom of the ocean. And all around it are dolphins and all sorts of whales and beautiful creatures in the ocean. And it's giant. There's like the buildings were all like these giant transparent domes. And something opens up and the whale goes in, drops me off, and then disappears. And all the water in the space it dropped me off in goes down and I can breathe again. And the door opens and I go in and the whales are like people almost. And they're talking to me and they're showing me, this is why you came here. And this is why we're having this dream. And I walk into this giant room that was circular, like, like a stellium, you know, like when we go to uh, like the obser observation stations, you know how they're dome-like? And I walk in and the whale says, now this, and he swiped, the whale like swiped with his fin 
and a picture of the solar system came on and, and the whale said, now this is what the stars and the planets and the moon really look like. Wow. And I saw them as the most beautiful beings of light, actually. Like they were, they were matter, but more than matter. Color and sacred geometry it was so beautiful. And so in that moment, when I came back out of that dream, I started studying astrology. I knew that was what I had to do. So for, firstly, thank you for sharing that because obviously that's very personal, but um, I just have to say that's such a beautiful way to be called to a purpose right there. I mean, that is absolutely, that's marvelous. It's the only word I could think of. Yeah, I don't share that with many people. It's because they were giving me a multi-dimensional look into energy. Yeah. And they were trying to show me that we are actually cosmic beings. Yeah. And I mean, and if, so, if you go with any spiritual teacher right now, they're all going to say that. And I mean, everyone knows that now. It's, it's known. It's proven in science now. It's known spiritually. It's understood. It's, that's, that's a fact now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is what happened in 1999. <laughs> Wow. And then now we fast forward to here you are and you're just, you're, you're helping people like myself get clarity on, on life and on so many things that I was so confused on before I walked into your place. And I think the tool is, and the reason why, and the reason why I had to have that dream is they were showing me that astrology is a tool. It is a science, but is, it is so much more than a science. Yeah. It is a way of breathing because I tapped into the essence of the planets. And so when someone comes to see me, Troy, I'm not just reading it like a science manual. Yes, did I have to learn the science behind it so that I can actually bring in my logical, rational mind as well? Absolutely. But it allowed me to bring in my energetic, intuitive body in unison here so so can you can you share a little bit about the intuitive body because i I know there was a point where i was working with you and um you made a comment about um you said something about the the people really to like you you said the spiritual people like you and it was interesting because i had heard the exact same comment from a shaman i worked with and the way you said it and the way he said it just your tone your inflection everything was exactly the same and it was almost like it wasn't even a message that either of you individually were saying. It was like it was a message coming from somewhere else through you. And I remember when you said I started crying. I cried several times in front of you because the stuff you were saying was so dead on. But, um, yeah, so w- what is the intuitive side for you? What does it feel like? What, what is that to you? You know, how is – To me, the – what is it? Um, to me, the intuitive side is – in it. <sighs> It's an immediate link to my higher self, my light body, and my soul. And what I've come to learn about myself and my own journey and my own gifts is that I'm actually a record keeper. Okay. And I, it just occurred to me right now as I said that in Native American medicine, the whale medicine is the record keeper. 
Well, Dan, there, you, there it is. I saw the smile on your face when you paused for a moment. I have the ability. It's like I have unlimited access. I'm not going to say unlimited, but close maybe to the Akashic Records. I was going to just use that word. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. So what, essentially what I, what I think happens, my, my intuitive body connected throughout my emotional, spiritual, higher self goes out energetically, has an energetic direct line to the Akashic Records, pulls out an energetic record on a certain soul, and I can read it. And for people who don't know the Akashic Records, from my understanding, you could have essentially think of it as a library, like a grand library that houses the information on every single thing ever. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. The Akashic Record is the record of our soul's journey throughout the cosmos. And so there's a specific fingerprint or a signal, signature, you want to say, to each one. And as I've been developing my intuitive gifts, and remember, this is what's very important. I think this is really what you were asking me, is you don't only develop your intuitive gift once. You keep it going. You keep unlocking more and more doors of your own mansion. Mm -hmm. Which brings us now to Jesus, right? Yeah. And what he said about the many mansions of God, which really are the many mansions of you, because you're a cell of creation. Yeah. And so we use our intuitive body to unlock one door or one room, and then we go to the next. I see. You know, it's, it's real quick, I just want to say uh, I grew up Catholic. And I used to think anytime I heard Jesus, I thought about Christianity, I thought about Catholicism. And what I'm realizing now is that his teachings are so much broader than a religion. And you hear so many people talk about his teachings, and I'm always like, at first I was like, why are they talking about Jesus? Is everyone Catholic? But now I understand that it's, it's the message behind what he's saying in the scripture and the documentation of his teachings that are, are finding their way into these, these principles like you just brought up, the many mansions of God, like that's, that's the many mansions of you. It's so beautiful. Well, and remember, Jesus, he didn't write the Bible. He wasn't there to write it. He was on a journey where eight, there was eight years where he left, and there's documentation that really points to the fact that he went on a long journey into India and China and places like that, and he learned all the religions that were on the earth at that time. So he, came, he was a master of many different things. But of course, Catholicism doesn't talk about that. Yeah. So really what you're looking at is, and what you're asking is Jesus is one man connected to a consciousness called the Christ consciousness, which ultimately was not just one man on the earth at that time. It was a whole group of people. Right. Okay, but he's the one they put on the cross. Right. But understand, the consciousness itself was something much bigger than even him. Correct. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I do have to be careful when I, when I see people, too, because that brings up an interesting question. Are people who do consider themselves very religious, are they going to come see me? Yes and no. If they're, if they're Catholic, usually the answer to that is yes. Mm -hmm. 
the the answer is usually yes because i on my journey here into astrology right before i decided to become certified i went to what they call an angel school for about a year and a half and i got a certificate as a melchizedek and a magi okay and so in, in going there i had to read the gospels of jesus i had to get into some of his teachings so i have some of that in my background too and then I was a prayer partner for the Unity Center for 13 years, where I literally held prayer and in, on an individual and a group basis for many, many people, Troy. Wow. Uh, so the, the kind of the souls that will probably not knock on my door, if there are any, are only the, what we call the very conservative arms of any religious practice. Okay. And all religions have a, what we call the conservative arm, Absolutely. right? In Christianity, Christianity, that would be the born again segment. Mm -hmm. They're not going to reach out to me. No. Okay. And so, so, you know, contact you, you send the dates, we're sitting with you, we're going over the chart and you're letting these intuitive hits come. And, and then what else, what else happens in a session? Because I know I have my experience, but I love to almost like envision it for people so they could get a picture. Well, the first thing I look at is I, I look to see if there's a pattern jumping out at me right away. And that pattern could be numerological. The pattern could be the planets and how I see them talking to one another in someone's chart. It could also be the phase of the moon. Okay. Uh, for example, someone could be born with the moon sitting on their moment of birth. That's going to, in that moment, become very relevant, and that's where I'm going to go with them. So remember, it's all individual. Okay, I understand. Okay, so that's the astrology and the numerology. Do I add on to it by bringing in oracle cards and sometimes tarot? Yes, I do. So what, what is the difference between oracle and tarot cards? Because I know everyone's heard of the tarot and... You know, people know what that is. It's card deck, but there's also this other aspect of that are oracle cards. What's the difference? Um, oracle cards are completely separate from tarot. The tarot is an ancient form of divination that through the dark ages, which are the middle ages, it did go through a dark phase. And there were many tarot readers in the last 200 years that wouldn't touch it because of that. Well, in the last decade to 15 years, the entire tarot as a divination system has been cleaned up and lightened back to its original form okay. and that's one of the reasons why you see so many people using it again okay. okay have i been guided to bring it in also yes it's one of the most ancient systems of divination um and then the oracle cards are a, a system that different spiritual metaphysical channeling people people who channel have used to connect to the cosmic beings that are guiding us here on the earth whether those cosmic beings are the angelic realm the divine elemental fairy realm whether they're the crystal mineral realm because that's a realm itself mm -hmm. some are using the goddess and the god realm others are using the ascended master realm I see. 
Okay, so that's a good explanation of it. It's, just, it's essentially touching the different realms that exist around us. Exactly. And you decide, I decide which ones I want to tap into. As I said, my very first guidance, aside from the crystals and the Native American medicine cards, it was getting um, angel readings. Okay. And it was working with the angels. So I did that before astrology. That's so cool. And so all this blends together in a session with you. Into, yeah. so, and, and I'm the person, I, I know what I took from you. I can tell you after my time with you, you know, I had this crazy experience in South America and it set me on this journey and I've kind of just been flowing with it in this river, but it got to this point where I started to feel like, man, am I a little bit crazy? Like I'm switching jobs. I'm doing all these new things in my life. And when I sat with you, it was almost like reassurance without me even telling you anything about what I'm doing. So is that what people are, most people are getting from you is guidance, essentially this, this pathway? Yes. Yes. They're getting guidance. I'm, and I, I know I had wanted to bring this up, the difference between a psychic and an intuitive. I am not a psychic. And I've had to actually tell people that before. When you go to see a psychic, they may or may not have tools that they tap into. They're usually just tapping in to the higher dimensions or whatever divine beings they feel like they're tapped into. Mm -hmm. And they're usually bringing through information for that person in terms of dates. Like, oh, you, if, is, if someone wants to go in and, and know, when am I going to meet my husband or my wife? The psychic is going to tap into maybe their name or the first letter of the name or what they look like or where they come from. Psychics usually tap into details okay. and they may or may not be correct. And I find with psychics that whenever they try to tap into timing, that's, it's very hard to do that because time is actually fluid. Absolutely. And I'll often find people tell me that when they see psychics, the details they were given were good, but the timing was completely off. I don't do that. Astrology does talk about timing and it's the timing of aspects. So I look at the timing of aspects, not the psychic time. I see. And guess what? I found that that's a heck of a lot more accurate. Yeah, I'm still worried about this second awakening you told me I have coming up in my life. I'm still like, oh shoot, here it goes. <laughs> you know, astrology is a window into the cosmos and that is the best way I can describe it. And I'm simply here as your guide. So if you, anyone who comes to see me, it's like walking into my place or meeting with me across Zoom or Skype or Google Meet. And I'm holding your hand, guiding you on to this journey. Yeah. But I'm your guide. I'm, I'm, that's all I am. Can I help you heal energetically? Yes. I believe my energy is a healing energy. So as we're in session, I'm working with you at multi-levels. I'm helping maybe clear some blocks the person's having that they may be not even aware of. I'm bringing them back into their center of peace because most people leave feeling at peace. Mm -hmm. However, if they want to come in for a very specific answer and they want me to create that answer for them, I'm not going to really do that because that would be me crossing a spiritual law. Yeah. I'm here to help you recognize you're a co-creator of your reality. 
I'm not here to create it for you. You know, and that's, it's beautiful you said that. So when I was first told about you, I went online and I watched some of your old, um, some of your YouTube stuff just because I want to get an idea of who I would be speaking with. And you were talking to a gentleman named, uh, I believe it was Soul Dancer, something along those lines. And you brought that up, actually. And this was two years ago. You said a similar thing. You said that you, um, if you have clients for a long time, you don't actually want that. It's actually not something you look for because your, your job is you're enabling them to be on their own. Is that similar to what you're talking about right now? It, it is, though these days it has shifted a bit where I've been shown that I'm simply the guide. I'm like their mentor. Yeah. And they're going to be with me. Some people will be with me on regular sessions for a year, a couple years, and then it drops off and maybe I'll, they'll connect with me again a year or two down the line just to get a brush up. So it's just like a reliant thing. You don't, they don't, you don't want them relying on you for everything, but you're just... Exactly. Yeah. And with many of them, um, because of what I do, and you know, when I did get my advanced certification, we had to study psychology and family therapy. So I'm ultimately a therapist too, Troy. Some people end up coming to me not so much for the astrology. It may start that way, but they just realize they're getting more out of a, a session with me than they are their own therapist. Yeah. And so then it goes into more of the lines of, of therapy. Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing too. That's all healing. You know, or counseling or life coaching. I mean, all, all of these fields ultimately bleed into each other, don't they? Yeah, they do, absolutely. It's all towards wholeness. It's all towards wholeness, yeah. But I always start with astrology. Why? Because it's the wheel. Yeah. It's the circle. It's the circle of life. <laughs> so I have to ask, are you, uh, this is just my curiosity or after myself, I'm going to have to ask you this, but uh, are there times when you're doing your readings or working with people where something comes to you so strong that it, it kind of shocks you? Are you ever shocked by this or is it? Yes, I am. Okay. I, I have the capacity as, an, as a record keeper to instantly talk from soul to soul, my soul to the person's soul. If I am being given by their soul or their soul group or their angels a visual of something around them or something in a specific lifetime or several lifetimes that's very important for them to know in that moment, I will let them know. Okay. Yes, there are sometimes things that have shocked me and there was no way I could have prepared for it. It happens in the moment. Wow, and is that, is, is that something you've just grown accustomed to over the years of helping people? I have. Uh, I think I always innately had it with me. However, because I have a very strong analytical mind, I didn't want to rely on it or use it because I think it scares people. I, I can ultimately probably tap into almost anything if I want to. Mm. But I'm very conscientious, gosh, cognizant, we're going to use that word today, of the boundaries. And I want to always be respectful of all boundaries across all energetic forms. Well, that's why you have the gift. If you were someone who would abuse it, you would never have been honored with that in the first place, I don't believe. And that is true and not true. Do you know that there are actual 
people who are given the gift that are not light beings? Unfortunately, I mean, with the way the world is, it doesn't shock me. Yeah. Okay. And they, they're probably, many of them are no longer working today, but in the last 50 years, they were working. Uh, but today, because so much of the earth plane has been cleared of some of the very heaviest, densest negative energies, those negative energies are not able to jump on these souls that have a gift that didn't realize a negative energy was giving them information. Oh, that's the scary part about all of this that I ran into in South America. Um, I ran into something working with some shamanic healers. Another gentleman was going through something where they were clearing some heavy energy off of him. And it was, um, it was, excuse my French, it was fucking terrifying. And part of my journey, which I, I probably won't go into on this video because it's maybe too TMI, um, but I have had a dream run-in and a literal waking run-in with pure evil. Uh. It was palpable. I knew evil because I could feel it in that moment in the middle of, a day, of the day. Yeah. So I can now say, oh, I know what evil really, really feels like. Yeah, yeah and that's, yeah, you're right. That's the stuff that I think, <laughs> I, I don't even like speaking about. It. Uh, it's, it gets a little bit, it gets a little bit scary to me. And so I, I know that um, with my session with you, I can tell you right now that you are the exact opposite of that evil. So I want to thank you. No, you really did give me guidance on some things that um, I truly didn't know were a problem. And that's what's the craziest part about it, is I didn't even realize they were something I was stuck on until I sat with you and after our session. And you also gave me the recording, which I think is amazing, the voice recording of it. But yeah, after the session I left and I was listening to it, I was walking my dog and there was a few parts where you're like, oh, that's what it is. That's where I'm stuck at. That's my hurdle. And once I clear this... I'm going to have so many more doors open up in this mansion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. And if, if a person leaves me and they take away only one very important thing, then it was worth it. Oh, and I'm, I'm sure they will. I mean, I got so many from you. And, yeah. and that's why it is important to re-listen. Or some people like to take notes and then they go back and they reread them. Because remember, in any one session, you're only going to remember so much. Yeah. And you go back and listen to it a couple weeks later, days later, you heard things that you don't remember hearing when you were talking to me, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, oh, I didn't. Yeah, you had no idea that was even said. And that was some of the most profound stuff because there's so many things happening at once. So, uh, so the, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, so someone wants to reach out to you. Um, they're, they're saying this. So now they know what they're going to get. They're going to get direction in life. They're going to understand uh, the astrology. They're going to get the intuitive part. And one question I want to dive into a little bit is the numerology aspect of it. I know we spoke about that a little bit, but um, I know with mine, you talked about a lot of my plans are at the 29 degrees. And I know people see, some people say, look at the clock every day. And it's, I don't know, like 411 or something. What does the numerology symbolize to, to us for all those people who, who notice these type of things? It's at several different levels. The numerology may be 
specific to you. For example, my birthday is the same day as Einstein's, and it's pi. It's 314. Okay. Well, every single day, pretty much almost like clockwork, these days it skips a, a day or two. But last year and earlier this year, it was happening every single day without fault. 314. I would see it on the clock, 314 in the afternoon. I'd wake up at 314 in the, in the middle of the night. I would go somewhere and I'd see it on the license plate. Well, 314 is my birth, March 14th. And so that's just um, the universe acknowledging me in some form, trying to say it's something's developing within me. So if you're seeing your birth time over and over again or your month and day, pay attention. That's one thing that's unique to you. What most people tend to see is numbers like 1111, 8888-4444. Those are consecutive numbers all lined up in a row, or they see one, two, three, four. Well, if they all have different meanings, one, two, three, four would be, oh, you're on a pathway where you're taking it one step at a time and you cannot skip steps. What? Okay. That's good. That's actually, that one makes sense. Actually, if you really think about it, I'm just, right? yeah. Because on Lionsgate, I did a meditation and I came out of it before the alarm went on. I said it for 45 minutes and I came out of it uh, like maybe like eight minutes early, but at the clock was one, 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 right when I came out. Yes. So what I'm just, this is just for me right now. What is, what is that? What is one, one, one symbol? 11, 11 is what it's called. 11, 11 is a stargate. Literally a portal between this world and other worlds. And when you see 1111, it means you are tapping into that moment, into that stargate. Okay. 1111 is the number of manifestation. That It's also trying to tell you that something is coming in and it could be coming in quickly. The last and very, very significant message about 1111 is you are on a twin flame journey. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and this might be a subject for another podcast. <laughs> another time. Yeah, we. <laughs> that is so funny. Of course, of course, that's where it ends at with this one. Oh, man, I'm all red over here. I'm glad people can't see me right now. Um, yeah, so, but at an, in another time, we'll talk about that because the last thing I do want to say is I'm always evolving my practice, Troy. And in the last couple years, with my resistance, because I resisted it. My guides and angels told me you're a twin flame and you are here to help people on this journey. So yes, all those souls out there that feel like, oh, she's a twin flame teacher. Well, I am going to go see her. That are curious if they're a twin flame or if they're on the journey. That's another reason to, to contact me. Okay. And, and how would someone contact you? What are the ways? I know you have a website. Um, I have a website. Yep. It's eveelly.com. Okay. I have an Instagram account, which is eve.ellie, E-L-L-Y, and I post at least weekly, if weekly messages there, and sometimes I post them several times a week. It just depends on my workload. Yeah. Definitely, I recommend you follow me on Instagram, especially if you want short, brief videos or messages, because I tend to post one or two a week. 
Yeah, everyone's going to get a really good idea of how the cards work. And I love exactly. It. So it's so it's crazy. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And then YouTube, which I, I love YouTube there, you know, I have more freedom. I can let the angels work through me longer and I can spend more time. I, I can't tell you how many times though I've tried to make it shorter and it just doesn't happen. It's like trying to stop the channeling and it doesn't want to be stopped. Yeah. I would, so it, yeah, I would suggest everyone jump on your YouTube page because I thought your Lion Gate stuff was yeah, that helped me so much just get clarity of what's going on. And then when I was doing my meditations, it allowed me to understand exactly what was happening above me. Right. And then it was just, it was beautiful. And then what's the last place? I thought it was your Facebook? Facebook, uh, Facebook my Facebook. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, but the best place to find me, I'm, I'm a little private in my Facebook if I see that you're someone who has many friends already on my Facebook channel, I'll probably say confirm. Okay. I'm going to be honest though. If you're a male and I don't recognize you and you're from some country far away, I'm going to probably hit delete. You know, if I could get some, if I get people on this podcast from other countries, that's going to be a really good thing. Facebook's going to be the last of the problems we have. So. <laughs> <laughs> um okay that's and that's great and then um obviously you're here in san diego so do you do it obviously online and then in person as well right i do it uh three different ways video format like you and i are doing today uh, most of my clients though are over the phone because i find that when i'm not visually having to look at them i can actually probably channel a little bit better okay so that's good for people to know yeah so over the phone works really well and I, I, you know, I still allow people to come in person. So in person works really well as also. And then Zoom, Skype, and I know Google Meet is back up again. And I use that as a channel. Okay. So pretty much there's limitless possibilities. Okay. It's limitless. I mean, I have WhatsApp now. Yeah. And so I, I want to just say to, you know, to everybody and anybody listening, I, uh, after working with Eve, I... I knew immediately I wanted to interview you for the podcast. And it, the true reason is because what you offered me has to help the same thing for countless other people. So I know that I'm not the only one going through personal stuff and having the guidance uh, in life coming from you has been so profound and helpful. And I just want to personally thank you and just tell everybody who's listening that um, I would encourage you just to reach out to her because she is, uh, she's, re she's really a beautiful soul. You really are. And uh, I want to thank you for honoring your gift because it could have been easy to turn your back and sit in the office the rest of your life. And it took me a while to do this full time. The universe pushed me. I had to lose what I was doing before in a very harsh manner to push me onto this full time. And sometimes that's what it takes. That's what it takes, you know. Uh, the one last thing I would like to tell people, if you are interested in reaching out to me, please do know I'm booking probably up to five, seven days and beyond in advance. I'm getting a lot of people. Yeah. And so to think about that before they reach out to me and maybe jump on my website first, check it out, jump on my YouTube channel so they get a feeling for it. And, my, and they can, a lot of people can actually bypass reaching out to me directly and go straight onto my website and purchase it there. Yeah. That's very true. 
So Eve, I want to say thank you again. Um, and I just, I really appreciate the time you shared with all of us. And I'm going to look forward to my next session with you. And um, I just, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much, honey. You are an angel, of course. <laughs> and a God. <laughs> and an ascended master. <laughs> all right, man.